When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, what's up, everybody? Isaac here, Civil Engineering Academy. Today, we are doing a, another deep dive. This is part of our series of deep dives. The last time we did a deep dive into the construction depth exam for the PE exam, and today we're gonna go in depth into the geotech depth exam, which is actually the exam that I took back when I took it. And so today we're gonna talk about the exam, everything related to it, you know, the testing center, the exam time period, all that fun stuff. We'll also do a deep dive into the specifications and uh, also list some resources for you at the end of this thing. So if you're interested in taking the geotech depth exam, this is gonna be an episode for you. It's going to be a good one to listen to and pay attention to as you're gearing up to take the geotech depth exam and i'll share all the details coming up right after this Hey, have you struggled to find time to actually read a book? I know I have. Life is busy, four kids, all of that jazz. It makes it really hard to actually sit down and read a book. So you know what I turned to? I turned to Audible. And we have an affiliate with them. If you go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash audible, that's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. You can jump on and find your favorite titles to go anywhere with you. Use that link. You'll get 30 days for free. You'll also get a couple of credits. And if you're already a Prime member, you'll get two credits, which is good for some premium selection titles that you can actually keep. But go check them out. I really have enjoyed Atomic Habits by James Clear, which gives you an easy and proven way to build good habits and break bad ones. They've got fun ones like Dune that are on there and tons of others. So if you're in the hunt to find time in your day to listen to books, definitely give them a shot. Go to civilengineeringacademy.com slash audible. That's A-U-D-I-B-L-E. And go get a free 30-day trial of Audible. Go check them out. Hey guys, if you haven't already, I want to let you know about our awesome newsletter. If you haven't signed up for the Civil Engineering Academy newsletter, seriously, what's wrong with you? I'm just kidding. Go check it out though. You'll get all the latest episodes that we produce, blog articles, exams, discounts, course material. All this fun stuff is through our newsletter. So if you haven't signed up, go check it out. That's civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter. You'll be taken. Go sign up. And uh, you'll start getting our fun newsletters that we send out usually once a week. So go check it out, civilengineeringacademy.com slash newsletter and go sign up. All right, let's go ahead and get after it. So the geotech depth exam, first thing I want to highlight is the exam experience itself. So you have to take this in a Pearson View testing center. You have to get registered for the exam. It's $375 to get registered for this exam. And if you end up kicking the registration date down the road, it'll cost you $50 per time you go and register for the, or every time you kick that exam registration date down the road. So you don't want to do that because the exam's already expensive, including all the material that you're going to be getting. And to keep pushing your registration date down the road, I think is a big disservice for you. So you don't want to do that. Anyway, the exam is still eight hours. It's computer-based. It includes a signing of a non-disclosure agreement. You actually will be there for, I believe, nine hours for the total exam experience. 
the eight hour portion is what you are given for the entire exam solving portion. But the other portion of that one hour includes a 50 minute break, signing a non-disclosure agreement and some tutorials. Nine hours at the testing center in total, eight hours for your exam itself. Typically, the exam is broken up into an AM and PM portion, but with it being CBT now, they could theoretically ask these in any order that they wanted to, so it might change. But historically, it's typically still been AM type questions or the breadth type questions in the first about 40 questions. And then the afternoon will be your depth section, which is in this case, your geotech depth section. So that's kind of the breakdown of the exam itself. Hopefully you, you know that already, but if you don't, then hey, that's why we're diving into this deep. So that's going to be a little bit about the exam for you. All right, so let's dive right into the NCES. You're obviously going to register at the NCES website. You need to know when you're going to take the exam. It's broken up into quarters, so you can take that, I believe, a few times in a year, but you can only take it once in that quarter, okay? So I already talked about the 80 questions and the nine total hours, so we're not going to deal with that. We talked about the exam fee itself. What I want to share with you, though, is the specifications. So let's dive into that. The spec, once you download it, these have not changed since April of 2015, although this particular one's been effective as of January of 2022. Let's go through this. The exam, again, is computer-based. It's closed book. You will have access to your standards. That includes the NCES reference handbook that they give you and also the depth standards related to your depth exam. And there's only a few for the geotech, which is actually, I think, a real positive for this particular exam. So the handbook, yes, all of it's given to you at the beginning, too. So it's not like you have to wait until the afternoon to get that stuff. You'll have it all. Again, nine total hours at the testing center, but you'll have eight hours to solve the 80 questions. The exam does use both SI units and U.S. units, although when people have taken this exam, typically they only see U.S. units, but they do cover themselves. It could be both. And then it says the exam is developed with a variety of approaches and methodologies, including design, analysis, and application. So on this exam, they have, because it's CBT, they can ask you alternative item type questions. So I encourage you to go check out the NCES website as well as their YouTube channel where they talk about those if you're unfamiliar with them. But alternative item types means that they can ask you things outside of just your regular A, B, C, D multiple choice. They can start asking you drag and drop, fill in the blank, point, click, stuff like that. Be aware of that. And the catch-all that they also put in here is that the examples specified here in knowledge areas are not exclusive or exhaustive, meaning they can ask you anything they want outside of this. Now, they don't typically do that, but you may be surprised what they throw at you on these exams. Most people are always surprised by the amount of theory on these exam. And so be prepared for that. So a theory or questions that could be coming out of a textbook or just a topic that you need to dive into a little bit more and use your engineering judgment to solve those type of problems. All right, let's get into it. So you've got your breadth stuff. So project planning, which is four to six questions, which includes quantity takeoff methods, cost estimating, project schedules, activity identification and sequencing. So everything to do with project planning at a breadth level, four to six questions. Means and methods is dealing with construction loads, construction methods, and temporary structures like shoring. So that's three to five questions. 
And so soil mechanics is your next area of emphasis, and that's lateral earth pressures, so retaining walls, soil consolidation, effective and total stresses, bearing capacities, foundation settlement, and slope stability. It's a bigger section at five to eight questions. We go into structural mechanics for section four, which deals with loads, so dead loads, live loads, trusses, bending moments, shear diagrams, actual forces and stresses, combined stresses, beam deflections, beams themselves, columns and slabs, as well as footings and retaining walls. So a lot in there. That is also a bigger section at five to eight questions for structural mechanics. Jumping to section five, you've got hydraulics and hydrology, which I believe is the biggest section at six to nine questions, where you're going to have to deal with open channel flow, stormwater collection and drainage, storm characteristics, runoff analysis, detention or retention ponds, pressure conduit, which has to do with mainly Hayes and Williams or Darcy Weisbach equations and your losses, major and minor losses. And then lastly, in that section, you have the energy equation or the continuity equation, the Bernoulli equation. So they've got six to nine questions in that section. Definitely one you're going to want to study up on. Six, if I can talk, is geometrics, which is transportation. This has been reduced over the years. Now there's only three sections in the morning unless you're doing this for your depth exam. But for the morning, you just have horizontal curves, you have vertical curves, and you'll have traffic volume, which deals with vehicle mix, flow, or speed. There is three to five questions for that section. Section seven is materials. So you're going to have to deal with soil classification and boring log interpretation, understanding how to read those. Soil properties, concrete, structural still, material test methods, and uh, spec conformance, as well as compaction. That all falls under materials, and that is a larger section, too, of five to eight questions. And then you dive into section eight, and section eight will wrap up basically the AM type of questions because there are eight sections, and they are the same among all exams. So for that section, it is site development. You have excavation and embankment, construction site layout and control, temporary and permanent soil erosion and sediment control, Impact of construction on adjacent facilities that typically has to do with noise or blasting. And then lastly is safety. So construction, roadside, or work zone that usually has to do with OSHA. There's four to six questions in site development. So keep that in mind. After that, then you start diving into your depth specifications. All right, so now let's dive into, again, the depth material from the specification. The first section is called site characterization. There are four to six questions with that, and that's broken up into interpretation of available existing site data and proposed site data, which is like aerial photographs, geological maps, GIS data, as-built reports. You have subsurface exploration. You have geophysics. You have drilling techniques. You have sample techniques like split barrel, thin wall tube sampling. You have in situ testing. You also have description and classification of soils, which is like the USCS or ASHO or USDA. Those are all different classifications or how to classify soil that you'll want to become familiar with. You also have rock classification and characterization, which deals with recovery, rock quality designation or RQD, RMR, weather and orientation. We also have the last one as part of that is groundwater exploration, sampling, and characterization, which could include flow nets, I imagine. So that's site characterization. Say that fast. 
Number 10 is soil mechanics and laboratory testing and analysis, four to six questions. So that's index properties and testing. Maybe there's some bleed over in these two categories. We've got index properties and testing, strengthening testing of soil and rock, stress strain testing of soil and rock, permeability testing of properties of soil and rock, as well as effective total stresses. So that's an important one. That's 46 questions found there. Section 11 is field material testing methods and safety, dealing with excavation and embankment, borrow pits. People love those questions. Laboratory and field compaction. You also deal with trench and construction safety, which is more OSHA related. Geotech instrumentation, different instrumentation that you could be using. Inclometer, settlement plates, a piezometer, a vibration monitoring, those things. Three to five questions in that section. Section 12 is earthquake engineering and dynamic loads. Two to four questions. This has to do with liquefaction, analysis, and mitigation techniques. Seismic site characterization, including classification using the ASC-7. So you'll notice that they actually use standards for geotech now. They used to not. There was only a few depth exams that did not have any standards. Geotech was one of them, but now they do. And also, as part of that, pseudo-static analysis and earthquake loads. Earthquake engineering is definitely making more of an impact on the geotech section. Back when I took it, it wasn't even listed or it was a little sub line. It wasn't really thought of of studying for, but now it's a bigger deal. So two to four questions there. Number 13 is earth structures. So that includes slab on grade, ground improvement, geosynthetic applications, slope stability and slope stabilization, earth dams, levees and embankments, landfill caps. And we also have pavement structures as well as settlement all falling within earth structures. Four to six questions there. So one of the bigger sections that you want to pay attention to on the geotech. Another one for section 14 is groundwater and seepage. So you'll deal with seepage analysis and groundwater flow, dewatering design methods and impact of nearby structures, uh, drainage design and infiltration, grouting and other methods to reduce seepage. You have three to five questions found there. And then on the next section, which is section 15, you have problematic soil and rock conditions, three to five questions dealing with karst or collapsible, expansive, and sensitive soils, reactive or corrosive soils, or frost susceptibility. I see those being more theory questions, but those can definitely pop up. Section 16 is earth-retained structures, either using ASD or LRFD to help solve those, and that's lateral earth pressure, load distributions, rigid retaining wall and stability analysis, uh, you also have flexible retaining wall stability analysis, as well as coffer dams. So those are a big part of the uh, exam for geotech, and you've got four to six questions found there. Oh, and I didn't finish that. There's also underpinning, as well as ground acres, tiebacks, or soil nails, or rock anchors for foundations and slopes, which also falls under that. 17 is shallow foundations, bearing, which is bearing capacity, as well as settlement Four to six questions there. Quite a few questions for only two topics, but bearing capacity always rears its head on these. And then lastly, section 18 is deep foundations. And this deals with single element axle capacities like driven piles, drilled shafts, micro piles, helical screws. You also have lateral load and deformation analysis, single element settlement, down drag, group effects, Installation methods and hammer selections, pile dynamics, 
So, and then we've got pile and drilled shaft load testing as well as integrity testing methods. So lots of questions there. You got four to six that you'll find for deep foundations. So that's a lot of material that's going to be covered for your depth section of choice. Again, the first eight sections is breadth. Nine through 16, 17, eight, nine through 18 are going to be your depth related sections. So I guess the question that's going to come up is now that we know the sections and how many questions, you can start probably piecing together a schedule, a study schedule to make sure you hit the, the most talked about, the most tested questions on here and make sure you get those covered. So let's uh, flip the script a little bit. Let's look at what resources that are available to you so you know which ones to get. I definitely recommend for this probably two textbooks that you should check out that you'll want to pay attention to because not only will help you with the theory stuff, but it's going to help you on some of these more difficult topics that you're going to want to pay attention to because you're just, you're probably not going to find a lot of material on this in reference manuals. So let's keep that in mind as we look at this. So let's dive into that too. All right, before we jump off of this though, the specs, we got to go dive into what standards you need for this. So again, this is the geotechnical design standards that you're going to be required to have. This is as of January of 2022 examination. So these things get updated over time. So if you're watching this video later or listening to this in the future, you definitely want to check this out. In addition to the handbook that they give you, you're going to have codes and standards. And there are quite a few of them now for geotech. They used to have like none. And then it went to two. And now it's a whole a whole bunch that they reference. So let's just give those our attention real quick. Again, just a reminder, you're going to have these in a PDF form that is searchable. And uh, I believe not all the PDFs are exactly the same in terms of how they are searchable with their control F. You might be able to just look at the index and click and go to the chapter. But um, anyway, here's everything that you need. So you have the handbook and all of these standards. So for geotech, you're going to need the ACI 360R-10, which is the Guide to Design of Slabs on Ground 2010 edition. You need the ASCE 710, which is Minimum Design Loads for Buildings and Other Structures, the third printing, which is as 2010. You also need EM 1110-2-1902, which is the USACE Engineering and Design Slope Stability 2003 edition put out by the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, something you're going to want for slope stability. You need the FHWA, the NHI 05-037. Now, the Federal Highway Administration, they have a geotech, and this is what this is. It's the FHWA Geotechnical Aspects of Pavement, 2006 edition, the U.S. Department of Federal Highway Administration. They also have the FHWA NHI 06-088, which is Soils and Foundation Reference Manual, Volume 1, as of 2006 for that one. You also have FHWA NHI 06-089, which is for Soils and Foundations Reference Manual, Volume 2, so Volume 1 and 2. You also need the FHWA NHI 11 032 GEC number three, which is the LRFD Seismic Analysis and Design of Transportation Geotechnical Features and Structural Foundation Reference Manual 2011. That is a mouthful. So just keep this in mind, but most of these, you know, seismic questions are probably going to be pulled from these manuals. So as you're working problems, make sure you have these manuals in front of you. You also need the FHWA NHI 16-009 
GEC number 12, which is the Design and Construction of Driven Pile Foundations, Volume 1, 2016, also put out by the FHWA. Keep going. More FHWA documents you need. You need Volume 2 of the Design and Construction of Driven Pile Foundations. That's FHWA NHI 16-10. That's GEC number 12. You also need the FHWA NHI 16-072, GEC number 5, which is the Geotechnical Site Characterization 2017. Lots of standards now. You need FHWA NHI 18-024, which is for drilled shafts, construction procedures, and design methods 2018. And you need NAVFAC DM-7.02, which is Foundations and Earth Structures the Design Manual 7.02. believe a lot of these ones you can actually find for free, so just a heads up on that. CFR Title 29, Part 1926, which is our OSHA stuff, U.S. Department of Labor. You'll want to look at that one. We also have UFC 3-220-01, which is Unified Facilities Criteria, which is UFC, Geotechnical Engineering 2012, the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers. And you also need two more of those. You need UFC 3-220-05, which is for dewatering and groundwater control 2004. And you need UFC 3-220-10N, which is the UFC Soil Mechanics 2005. So really, based on all of these standards, you probably got all the material you need there. Who needs a, a textbook anymore? You got all of these standards to go look at. So that is quite a few of them. That's 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16 standards now for the geotechnical engineer depth exam. That's unbelievable. When I took it, there was zero. So that's crazy. Anyway, get those, beg, borrow. I'm not going to say still. You'll find these. So go grab those. You'll need them. And uh, that's what's going to help you on your depth exam. So you got to have them. Bring that up with you as a PDF, ideally, and study as you're studying problems. Get to know these handbooks so you know them really well, okay? It's part of the deal, and you got to know them as well as the handbook. That should cover those. All right, next we're going to dive into pass rates real quick. So let's talk about these really quickly. So the pass rates, as it's gone CBT, they update this in interesting time periods. They've list some PE exams that are administered year-round via computer-based testings. For these exams, pass rates are shown for the January to June or July to December population, and this is updated in July and January, respectively. So just keep that in mind for your PE exam. So if we run down here for Geotech, we can see that the last time that they updated this, was, which was in June of 2022, so first-time takers was 388. If you look at all of those, that's the lowest of all the PE test takers for the civil engineering exam. First time takers passed at a clip of 49%. Repeat takers was 29 people dropped down to 26%. So not great pass rates for that exam. In fact, the construction is the same for past you know, first time takers and they were higher for repeat takers. In fact, let's take a look here. In terms of repeating, it is tied with the lowest for a repeat taker to take geotech. So don't be discouraged by those numbers, but that's just what, you know, the facts are. So 388 test takers, about a 50% chance of passing, and then it drops to 26% as a repeat taker. That is extremely low, and um, I don't want you to be discouraged by that. 
It's just a matter of, you know, learning the process, learning what this test is about and figuring out how they test you and the questions that they throw at you. And sometimes you might have to repeat this exam, but it looks like 50% of the people are doing it anyway. The exam is a hard exam. Geotech, I feel like, is a good one. And again, you know, look at what you do for your career, see if it'll apply to you. And then the second thing I look at is what you did well in school. So if any of those are factors in your decision, then run with it. And of course, obviously, if you do it for work, that's the one you're going to want to do. But that's just the reality of it. And those are the pass rates for that. So I just wanted to highlight that for you. Hey, uh, let's go ahead and wrap this thing up. I hope you enjoyed this episode doing a major deep dive into the geotechnical depth exam. So if you are just starting out and you're researching which depth exam to take, Hopefully this opened your eyes a little bit about which those, you know, the specs that are covered, the exam process, the resources, the pass rates, all of that good stuff that you may have on your mind. I wanted to start from ground zero and make sure you understood all of that. So I'll be doing a few more as we dive into all five depth sections as part of the series that I'm doing. And if you want to go check out the construction one, which I did the first time, definitely go check that one out. We got geotech now and in the future, I'll do the rest. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this. I enjoyed doing this. Again, if you need resources to help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, check us out at civilengineeringacademy.com. And uh, we're just, uh, we're excited to help you out. So thanks for being here. We'll see you in the next one. Bye. Hey, thanks again for listening to the Civil Engineering Academy podcast. Thanks for joining me today. If you want, please leave a review or a comment or a like. They definitely go a long way and share it with a friend because why not? It helps. Hey, if you're interested in becoming a guest, feel free to shoot me an email, Isaac at civilengineeringacademy.com. And if you know anyone or yourself personally, definitely check out our website, civilengineeringacademy.com, where we can help you on your journey to become a professional engineer, whether that's to help you pass your FE or your PE, or just get great career advice. And if you're interested in becoming a sponsor of this podcast and have an amazing outreach to other civil engineers, also shoot me an email and we'll be there to help you. Anyway, thanks for joining me today and we'll see you in the next one. Bye.